Well, happy Mother's Day. Um, before I get into my message, I just want to acknowledge, I think this was acknowledged a lot in the ministry time. People um, in this room, there are many of you that have pain around Mother's Day. There could be because of loss or you're estranged from your daughter or your mom or there was an abandonment or there's infertility or etc. You guys know the list goes on and on. It's painful. I just want to acknowledge, I'm glad you're here today. And God loves you so much, and he sees you, and we're not going to just blow past you because you're here making a step forward. And like Leslie said in the ministry time, he is going to minister to your heart. And I'm believing that by next Mother's Day, you're going to have taken a lot of steps forward in healing. That's exciting. So, um, yeah, so thanks for coming today. Okay, so when I speak on Mother's Day, I ask the Lord what I should speak about, and I typically... I don't know. I usually don't get like a Mother's Day traditional to the mom's message. I don't know why, but I feel like I usually just mom you guys on Mother's Day. So that's the message that you're going to get is a mother mothering you (laughs) through a message. Okay. Um, My message today really hinges around character development and what it looks like to shine, which is part of our mission here, to shine the light and the love of Jesus in a broken, hurting world, a dark world out there. We want to shine. We want to be set apart so people know where to come to, like a moth to a flame. (laughs) They'll see your light shine and start bumping into you because the love of Jesus is so bright from your life. (laughs) Ding, ding. That's what we want. How many of you want to be that? Just drawing in those who are hurting because you have something inside of you that is eternal and it is good. And it is available for all. All right. So we live in a world that's confusing. I talked about that. Things are changing all the time in our culture. We've got new tech constantly. Our generation coming up, they know how to do things that I don't know how to do. I'm now 40, so I'm probably right in the middle of this room. But things are changing. Social media is changing the way the world interacts. We all have a voice now. We can all get behind a screen and... Be someone who we wouldn't be brave enough to be in real life. You know, we've got cancel culture going on. We've got woke, woke stuff going on. There's a lot going on that's different. How many of you know there's something that never changes? That is the character and the nature of our God. He doesn't change. He is not like shifting shadows. He is faithful. He is the father of lights where there is no variation or shadow or turning in him. Amen? All right. Well, I want to walk in a nature that doesn't shift when the culture shifts. I want something inside of me that lasts and that is not going to just be all over the place. We have a grace to tap into that. And how many of you have ever heard of the fruit of the Spirit? It's kind of a novel thing these days. We like the fruit of whatever comes out of our mouth. But what's coming out of you is a good reflection of what's happening with your relationship with the Lord. All right. I'm going to mom you because I love you. Okay? We're going to read Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And today I'm going to really hone in on one of these very specifically, just one word, the whole message. You're going to get tired of it. But by the time you leave, you're going to know what it means, okay? So let's read the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And today, we are going to focus in on that word meekness. Probably one of the most overlooked words in the fruit of the Spirit. A lot of these are very obvious what they mean. Meekness is a harder one to understand what it means. So I want to go after it. Some of your translations will say gentleness. Okay? And that's fine. It's a hard word for the translators to get into English. So I'm going to try to help unpack what this means um, so we can have an understanding of what the original text meant. Before I get into that, I just want to talk quickly, overview, fruit of the Spirit. Okay. Fruit of the Spirit has nothing to do with your personality type, your traits, if you're loud, if you're shy, if you're whatever, more anal and retentive or more artsy and loosey. It doesn't matter. Fruit of the Spirit are available to every gender, every human being that has the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ inside of them. Okay? Doesn't matter what you are like. All I can say is it's available to you. Now, how do you get these fruit? Do you just like go, I'm going to love, force it, you know? Now I'm going to have joy. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to work harder for joy, and I'm going to do love. I'm going to do it this time. Listen, that is hilarious because it's not how it works. This is how it works. John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Abide in me. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. If you haven't read John 15 and thought about it for a long time, go back to it. The fruit of the Spirit comes from a life that's abiding in Jesus Christ. That's it. It's just a fruit. He is the vine. He is all life. He is all the nutrition, the nourishment to get through your branches to make the world see, taste and see that he is good. You can't work harder. You just have to abide deeper. That's a good word. It's better than you're giving me credit for. It's all right. You're thinking. Now, it's okay to say, I want to be fruity. It's okay. Say, I want to be fruity. I would like us to be fruit finders, not fault finders. Tweet it. Come on. All right. Now, before we talk about what meekness is, I want to talk to you about what it's not, okay? A lot of us picture something in our minds, and um, we're going to say weakness, or meekness is not weakness, okay? It's not a quiet, shy personality type, someone who's withdrawn. That's not necessarily meek. And it's not a wimp in the corner hiding and wussing out from everything. It's on, my, it's on the screen. It's not just a big wimp weenie who's afraid of everything. I have a picture. Some of you probably think, do you have it? <laughs> Some of you think that this picture is meekness. When I said that word, you're like, it's just someone who's real passive and doesn't really do anything. That is absolutely not biblical meekness. Okay, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, 5, 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Do you think Jesus is going to give the earth to a bunch of people who are just crying in a corner? Think about it. 
just a bunch of wimps who are like, I'm just waiting for Jesus to come back in a corner. We're waiting for him, but we're going to occupy till he returns. Okay? Now, to give you a little more understanding from some of the commentators, the vocabulary of the ancient Greek language says that the meek person is not passive and not easily pushed around. The main idea behind the word meek is strength under control. It's like a strong stallion that is trained to do the job instead of running wild. I want to be a trained stallion. (laughs) Powerful, able to do what my master's asking me to do. Galloping and going and charging when he says, but also not freaking out and not charging until he tells me to. You're going to have restraint. That's meekness. It's simply restraining your your amazing buff strength, which makes it safe to be around you. It's like, how many of you have ever trained a puppy? you got to train them. At first, they're spaz, and they just ruin everything. We moved into a house that's not very old in August, and we got a puppy in November. And I have so many things that are chewed up in my beautiful new house, and I just have to get over it. But this dog has grown into quite a big dog now, and we are teaching him to be gentle and, and meek with people. But he's also going to protect us when there is a time to go. He, we're not trying to make him a wuss and weak. We're just trying to teach him what's appropriate with that strength. Okay? You guys with me? There's a, a guy who is a philosopher. He believes in God. I don't think he's a believer. He's kind of agnostic, but he studies ancient texts. And he was studying about the ancient Greek word for meekness. And he found this definition, and I love it. His name's Jordan Peterson. He says, meekness means those who have weapons and know how to use them, but still keep them sheathed. Okay? Doesn't mean you're harmless and completely incapable. It's restraining yourself and being appropriate. Proverbs 25, 15. I don't know if you guys got this in the notes because I put it in this morning. I love this scripture. If you don't have it, if, if you want to turn to it in your Bible, I just love it. Proverbs 25, 15. Maybe I'll do that. Just every other scripture, not have them, so you have to look them up. I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay, listen to this. Through patience, a ruler can be persuaded. Here it is. And a gentle tongue can break a bone. So the word meekness is translated also gentle. How can a gentle tongue break a bone? Well, in our culture, sometimes we think the loudest, most boisterous, most domineering voice has strength. But I would submit to you, when people are speaking loud, they are often frantic in fear, in panic, in anger, in reaction. Not in faith. When you're in faith, and when you know you have the word of the Lord, and when you know your authority... You can say something real gentle, and it has a lot of weight. It does a lot of damage to the enemy, and you don't even have to get all worked up. A gentle answer can break a bone. I want to break the enemy's bones, not with getting all crazy, but with walking in meekness, strength, restrained. Oof, it's a good word. I want to pump up some of you guys. Does it feel good to have someone tell you it's okay to be strong? And, and go for it, but to be restrained, it's, it's important. 
You know, in the word, when um, Elijah is trying to hear the voice of the Lord, he didn't come in a in the in the the whirlwind. He didn't come in the fire. He came in the gentle, still, small voice. That's how the Lord speaks sometimes. It's like when your parents are mad at you, but when your dad talks really quiet, you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> All right, we'll keep moving on. All right, I'm going to just give you some more attributes of meekness quickly here. All right, these are some things just to help you put some meat on the bone to define it. When someone's walking in meekness, they're humbly patient and calm when provoked. When you're meek, you're holding back from knee-jerk reactions. When you're meek, you're fully submitted to the strength of God's leadership. When you're meek, you display the right blend of force and reserve. When you're meek, you avoid unnecessary harshness, yet without compromising. And when you're meek, you're slow to use necessary force. Okay? Here's some opposites of meekness. This is what meekness is not. It's not an angry outburst, quick-tempered, or harsh approach to dealing with people. You're out of bounds. It's not self-aggrandizement. You don't need to talk yourself up or talk over others. You don't want to be the one-upper at the party. You don't want to be a, a me monster. Me, me, me. Look what I did. That's just not meek. Let somebody have their moment, okay? All right. Uh, meekness is not a desire for revenge. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And meekness is not a, a constant self-preservation mode. So simply put, a meek person entrusts their future, their reputation, and their reputation into the hands of God. You don't need to worry about keeping up your appearance because you're at rest in God. So Jesus displays meekness when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to look at a scripture where Jesus actually shows us what meekness looks like, okay? Now, they came to arrest Jesus the night he was going to be taken um, in for, to be, I guess, taken into trial. And um, these guys came to arrest him, and it says one of Jesus' companions took a sword and cut off a guy's ears, a guy's ear. And Jesus put it back on. He's pretty cool. Um, so Matthew 26, 52 and 54, this is what Jesus says when somebody draws a sword of his own friends. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Jesus could annihilate these guys. Not, nothing to him. He's the ruler of the heavens and the earth, okay? He chose to submit to a greater plan to fulfill his mission, okay? So sometimes with meekness, you'll be provoked, but you have to remember, I could be strong and fight here, but what's the mission? What's the big picture that God wants? You kind of have to zoom out. You don't have to take the most powerful way. You want to take the way that keeps you on point. Yeah? So we don't do the knee-jerk thing. Honestly, knee-jerk reactions are typically counterintuitive to the call of God on your life. And we're in an instant culture. We can stream anything. We can listen to any music. We can watch anything. We can get an answer. We can Google. We can figure anything out. We are seriously conditioned for now 
right now. I have to respond to that text. I have to respond to that email. I have to call back. I have to do this. I have to do this. How many of you feel this pressure today? If someone texts you something that makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to respond right away. You don't have to write an email late at night and stay up all night. You can sleep on it. It's okay. (laughs) Jesus gives you permission. But we just like to help God out. How many of you like to try to help God? (laughs) He's never never in a hurry, is he? No, he doesn't need our help. The other thing I just want to point out quickly, I'm kind of beating a dead horse with this, but I just want to point out in that scripture within the garden, his disciples had swords. They were prepared, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a gun, being prepared, being a person who's alert and on point. The key is knowing when to use the sword and when to keep it sheathed. Jesus had a lot more than a sword at his disposal, but he chose restraint because of the time and the season he was in. He had to fulfill the call in his life. Now, that's Jesus walking in this when he's provoked. I'm going to just show you a couple of things where he is actually meek and gentle towards people. Now, I want you to think of yourself, how can I be like Jesus to be meek to others around me? Okay? When people, just like at the ministry time, they're at, you're at the end of the rope, your rope, and you're beaten down in life. Jesus, this prophetic verse about Jesus in Isaiah 42.3 says this. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. The gentleness and the meekness of Jesus is to not crush you. He does not want to give you the what's for. If you're like at the end of your rope and your flame is just flickering, he's not going to snuff you out. He came to draw you close and to heal your broken heart. Okay? That is his nature. And he's meek to the weary and the burdened. You guys know Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. This is Jesus speaking in the New Testament. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus, the gentle one, shows us what the nature and the atmosphere of a person walking in meekness does for others. It's inviting. A meek person says, come to me. Let's, let's rest. I'm going to give your soul some rest. We need to take that load off your shoulders. Come to me. Meekness is a very inviting fruit. I think when we're manifesting the fruit of the spirit of meekness, people feel safe with us. And I think they leave better than they came. They leave us in a way that's built up. Right? We're not just looking for ways to set people straight, (laughs) but we want to touch their hearts. The other thing about meekness is I think Jesus was meek with his disciples and gentle. I think he would kind of just let them be themselves. And they said some really crazy things. And they felt really comfortable around them. Because they knew they could come to him and they knew they could be themselves. Because listen to what they said. They're crazy beings. They were putting their feet in their mouth. In Luke 9, his disciples wanted to call down fire like Elijah to kill people. (laughs) They knew that they could because they knew that Jesus could do something like that. And they also knew they could be bold enough to ask him for something like that. Jesus was like gentle with them. 
to let them have such dumb ideas. I don't even, he just said, you, you don't know what spirit you're of. He corrected them, but it was like, come on, guys. <laughs> We're not going to murder people, okay? They also would argue about who could be the greatest in his kingdom, who could sit at his right hand and his left hand. And Jesus just lets them be themselves. He explains to them gently, you don't even know what you're asking. <laughs> because to drink the cup of suffering is quite a big thing to ask for, to be able to sit at my right hand. But he tells them very gently. He's not like, you guys are such idiots. You're so dumb. You don't do, I'm God. You can't sit by me. He's so sweet and so gentle. He just instructs them. And it made them feel like they could change the world. Do you notice that? They felt empowered by Jesus to go out there and to be something greater because they knew he could do it. That's what meekness does. I want to be like that for my kids. I want to be a sounding board where I gently correct, but I'm not going to crush their dreams. I'm just going to nudge them meekly and gently. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, when they're docking a, uh, a rocket to the space station, the International Space Station, and they use those little poofs of air. Have you ever seen that? And it nudges the thing into place. I really feel like the fruit of the spirit of meekness is like that. It's just like these little course corrections, just little things just to get you right in track. That is what Jesus is like, according to my Bible. It changes the atmosphere. One other fun thing that I was looking at was um, meekness and gentleness is like a gentleman, which reminds me of the British aristocracy, which <laughs> reminds me of an author named Jane Austen. And it is Mother's Day. And my husband always says if he could go back in time, and kill someone. It wouldn't be Hitler. It would be Jane Austen. <laughs> if you're clapping, I see you. Um, but it's Mother's Day, and I'm going to tell you about Jane Austen's characters in her books. Because I find her quite delightful. And I would not kill her. She's amazing. She writes these roles, and in the British aristocracy, a gentleman had a lot of codes of conduct and training from they, when they were very young of ways to behave in a dignified manner. And what I love about Jane Austen is she takes them down a peg because they're kind of pompous and a little bit snobby, and then they become not snobby and real, you know, by the end of the book. I think that's cool. But the role of a gentleman, this is truly what the codes of conduct are. When they were grooming a man to become a gentleman in this culture, the role of a gentleman or a person who's meek, follow me here, gentleness and meekness are the same. Now, they would raise these boys to protect the honor of everyone around them. You know what I mean? They're protecting people. Now, when a gentleman was going to host an event or a dinner party at their house, they would um, keep watch over some things. They would make sure people were not embarrassing themselves at their table. They would actually try to cover other people's foibles. We'll use that word because we're talking about fancy things. 
A gentleman will also draw out shy people to help them feel included because they're looking for an atmosphere of, of, of gentleness. And they were also known for letting go of offenses quickly and maintaining pleasant environments for all who are with them. How many of you think we need to work on being a little more gentlemanly? Yeah? Yeah. Meek people are inviting. They make people feel at home. Meek people are fun to be with, and it makes you want to stay around them. But harsh, bitter people make you want to run away. Okay? What is the atmosphere like in your heart? Is it inviting? Or is it bitter? God can help with that. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, this is like checking. All right. This is providing a culture of honor. There is an atmosphere of meekness, and it looks like honor. And I'm just going to list some things here. When you're in a culture of honor with meekness, you're going to listen before judging someone. You're going to give an opportunity for restoration. You're going to see a glimmer of hope in someone, and you're going to pull that out and pull on the best in them. You're not going to focus on what people are weak in, but you're always looking for their strengths. Meekness invites others to shine, to grow, and to look good. Another person that embodies meekness, in my opinion, is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is not known for being shy. (laughs) He was a bold, radical guy on a mission to return Israel to God. He was bold. But listen to what he says in John 3.30. John the Baptist was talking about Jesus. He must become greater. I must become less. He was strong, but he restrained it because he knew it was appropriate to not pull out my, 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 my. How many of you baptized? I've baptized a lot. He said, oh, Jesus is greater. I'm going to be less. It didn't matter his personality. He took a low position. Meekness takes the low position. You guys know in the Bible where it says if you're invited to a dinner or a banquet, you don't sit in the seat of honor like the closest to the honored couple. You take a low position and you assume maybe there's people that are coming to this party that have a higher position than me. And you can be invited up if the guest of honor wants you closer. But if you sit in the seat of honor... (laughs) There's only one way to, one way to go <laughs> if somebody better comes along in front of everyone. Meekness is going to take a low posture. However, meekness is going to be courageous when it's pulled upon. Okay? We're going to have courage. Yeah. My dad taught me this verse when I was a kid, and it stuck with me. Proverbs 15.1. This is a tool you can use every day. Listen to me. You can use this every day. A gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. This is like ABCs. It's not a profound doctrine. (laughs) How many of you can use this? A gentle word. Somebody's coming at you, provoking you in your face. You can abide in Christ and have a gentle word for them. And it'll break a bone. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, people deserve to taste and see that the Lord's good when we get squeezed. When you get squeezed, we've heard this before. When you squeeze an orange, what comes out of it? Orange juice. 
When you squeeze a Christian, what should come out? Jesus. The nature of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, should come out of us when we're squeezed. What does squeezing look like when you're provoked, when you're accused, when you are the smartest person in the room and you could speak up, but you don't? When you're dealing with a difficult person, you're being squeezed. So this is where you can display meekness. Don't be rash and have a knee jerk because that's foolish, but just tune into the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. So I want you to know, this is not try harder, do better. Be meek. Try. Try harder, do better. It might sound that way. It's not. This is just the, the, the nature and the character of the Lord Jesus. This is the fruit of the Spirit, and you don't get it from trying harder. You get it from abiding in Jesus. You get it from just remaining with him. Okay? So... I'm going to pray right now as I close. And I just want to say this. Some of you were raised in homes that were very harsh and critical. Your whole upbringing is rash and not gentle and not safe. And I want to pray for you this morning. And some of you think that God is harsh and critical toward you, but he's not. And I just want to pray for you right now as we close that Jesus would reveal his gentleness to you and that you would walk in this fruit and have all these learned behaviors unlearned by his Holy Spirit, okay? All right, so why don't you stand with me and I'm gonna pray for us. All right, Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you for your gentleness I thank you for your, your meekness that is so strong, God. But you don't come after us with a strong arm. You come after us with a gentle hand, Lord, and you lead us. And, Lord, I pray that people in this house who have been hurt by a harsh and angry environment, that you would heal them, Lord, that you would reveal your truth, that that is not who you are, that you are loving and gentle, And I pray right now for these hearts to be healed. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you change us, you renew us from the inside out. And I pray for people who are struggling in this area, Jesus, as they abide in you, your life would flow, your Holy Spirit would flow, your nature would flow, and these people would begin to change their relationships their marriages, their work environments, this city, this community, because of a a gentleness, God, that does serious damage to the enemy. God, I pray for people who can stand their ground in the face of accusation and craziness, that the strength of meekness would harness them and that they would listen to your voice and they would know how to respond and when to respond and what that looks like, God. We want to obey you because this world needs a people who display this fruit of your spirit, God. People would taste and see that you're good for our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day.